You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. This makes my nipples hard. Hey there, friends. How's it going? Uh, wait, you can't answer me, but that's okay. I'll tell you, we're doing pretty darn good because we're here to talk about uh, another comparison of a game that actually, I, I don't even know. Paul, how many times do you think this game has been brought up on this podcast, like over time in like words? I, I don't even imagine hundreds of times for sure, if not in the thousands. I was going to go with seven, seven times. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is exaggerating. <laughs> but that's Space Quest, and, and we're talking the first Space Quest game specifically. Yeah, this is Space Quest for breakfast, because it's fucking, it's early. It's really early for us <laughs> to be doing a podcast, and it's just, it feels weird that, that, that we're sitting here this early in the day to do that, so... Yeah. Anyway, welcome to welcome to the Space Quest c- comparison series. The Sierra, we're doing another comparison. We played, we played all the Space Quests. We played the the first Space Quest twice. Space Quest one, <laughs> the both of them. Um, yes, the Syrian encounter, which had a lot of puns in it, like Eulen's flats that I didn't understand as a child until I was in these groups, and they're like reverse the roads around. So I tested it on Jacob, like my 13 year old. And I'm like, Hey, Eulen's flats. What do you think that is? And and he didn't get it either. Thank goodness. Until I said, well, flip the two words around. And then he said flatulence. And then he thought it was funny. And then he's like, then he, then he called mom based. And then mom had to Google <laughs> what based meant. Cause we're like, we're, we're getting old. What is, what is ratioed mean? I don't, <laughs> everything's moving on without us. We need to stop and look up some of these words. Uh, what is the riz? I was told that I don't have any riz. <laughs> no, um, no. That's horrible. I can't believe. I, I didn't run out. I went to Costco and got the really big package of riz. <laughs> so I'm going to be good for a while. Bet. All right, so we've got we have just too many notes. It's all chaos. <laughs> Some of it makes sense, most of it doesn't. What we're going to do here is we're going to we're going to compare them as as we we've, we've been doing, but we're also I think we're going to do this by by the the order of which the story takes place. So, um well let's do some let's do some backstory first cuz this is usually half the episode is us waiting to get to the story part and just doing tons of backstory. So let's for for those of you who don't know, which is just baffling if you listen to the show and don't know like the basic facts about space quest that i'm about to we're about to give you but but it's by the the two guys from andromeda and here's some interesting things that 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 i didn't exactly know or like have like well defined or fleshed out like for example where does the name two guys from andromeda come from well it's a bloody play on words but what i didn't know for being serious i didn't know that that it was also like a pun on i guess an old uh pizzeria or Italian food place mm-hmm. called Two Guys from Italy. Right. <laughs> right. So that's Clearly. fun. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know specifically exactly what Mark Crow and Scott Murphy did. Like we hear like Scott Murphy did programming and we know Mark's an artist, but specifically Mark Crow did the graphics, the puzzles, and mm-hmm. the basic overarching storyline. Scott mm-hmm. Murphy did the programming and then a lot of like the the I guess you could say dialogue, right? As opposed to like the the story or the plot of the story, he did a lot of like the actual dialogue and injected the the kind of humor into it. So that was kind of cool, just to have that actually defined. Like I had no idea Mark Crow did the puzzles, for example. 
Right, exactly. And, and it's neat how they all got their start in there. Uh, Scott just, he wanted to get into the company and uh, he ended up being there to write lines randomly at Ken Williams' house and uh, and then from there ended up getting his own series. And, and it's funny, you just, you never know how something like that's going to happen in the wide, wide world of uh, video games in the 1980s. It does. It seems like such a wide, wide, wild world too, doesn't it? It, it does. And it's something I really, I really adore about Sierra is, is, and this is why I've always been, I don't know, I guess like defensive of them especially when it comes to the fact that in our little adventure game circle sierra is often depicted as like the monolith like the the evil corporation in a sense because they were so giant and lucas arts was projected as like the plucky underdogs but <laughs> it's really quite the opposite in the sense of of everyone listens probably heard my rant already like it's it's hard to be an underdog when you're working at actual skywalker ranch and your only <laughs> instructions is not to lose money um but, but what's cool about the the two guys situation is Scott Murphy, I believe, was working at a at a local diner in Oakhurst. Um, I tend to exaggerate things in in you know through time and memory, so so I'm not sure that he was actually a busboy, but that makes it more of like a dr- dramatized story, <laughs> you know, from rags to riches. He was just busting tables at a diner, but I do know I I do think that he was. Let me pedal that back. Um, I, I from know to think that he was working at a diner. Um, when he got a job at Sierra, um, mm-hmm. through through I, I think just you know pluckiness basically, and then Mark Crow was was like a well, he was an artist, but he was traveling from business to business trying to sell like logos and art design and just you know really just trying to make money. I guess you could say as an artist, and that's how they mm-hmm. both ended up at Sierra. So I thought that was, that was a cool little very like authentic backstory, and they met each other doing the Black Cauldron, mm-hmm. um, doing a Disney project. I guess you could say of all things. Um, and another cool thing I learned doing research for this that I never really thought about before was it was less that they, I, not less that they wanted to do a sci-fi game, but, but a lot of it was that they both felt that King's Quest was taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the humor was really f- forefront in the series. And I think it was a big part of what drove me to want to play every game in the series and get to know the world more because this kind of humor, the brand of humor that they had was felt so fitting to my personality as a kid and even now replaying it as a grown up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, something I, I took down in the notes that, that was just like a little minor i don't know aha kind of moment was it seems like space quest at least when it comes to deferring from king's quest because granted all right the Serian encounter the the ega agi version here came out in 1986 just like that's kind of baffling i was three years old at the time like that it's Mm -hmm. it's a much older game than i than i tend to think of it as as in memory Mm -hmm. um and most of the versions that we all play like 2.2 is the the version that comes with all the collections and from gog and steam that was from 87 just, just for any, you know, preemptively pedantic um, <laughs> to be like, it, it was actually 86 for the original 1.0 X version. <laughs> um, but, but and there it, were subtle differences between every single one of those versions, considering like how many times they got sued. Yeah, uh, somebody got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my neighborhood now. I live in the ghetto, so that happens often. It's kind of like a Space Quest game. You just, there's no save button. It, like, it's grayed out. You can't hit it. It's like, damn it. Oh, man. I, I tempted to edit in some gunshots in the background. But what if somebody <laughs> really got hurt? That'd be messed up. All right. Anyway, look, listen. Um, <clears throat> what I, one of the realizations I had was that they that Space Quest really made dying fun. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about on the show before how death is often is 
I don't know, misconstrued, I think, especially from like the, the more Lucas crowd or the people that didn't grow up with the Sierra games, not realizing that, that it wasn't always like a, it wasn't always a punishment. Actually, I would say it was mm-hmm. kind of rarely a punishment. It was usually yeah. a, an exploration reward, but yeah. I, I would say that it's fair to say punishment if you're going off of the early King's Quest games where mm-hmm. it really maybe wasn't so fun and it kind of was a punishment. Like, it, you know, yeah, you got like an animation of like falling off a bridge or downstairs, but for the most part, it, it was more of a punishment, I think, in the first, at least the first two uh, King's Quest games. And then Space Quest came came along and made dying like a true like reward. Like it was really fun. And we'll get more into it as we go into the actual comparisons. But I had a lot of fun last night with my kid just going, you know, saving our game and dying and saving our game and dying. And, mm-hmm. and it became it quickly became his p- favorite part of the game as it, as it did with your, with Jacob's with your sons. Right. Cause you sent me a message about that too. We were both basically doing the same thing at the same time, which was dying <laughs> in space quest with our kid. <laughs> he would wanted to make sure I didn't miss any deaths. He's like, wait, 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 no, go back. I want to. And he's like, some things <laughs> didn't kill him, but he's like, I just want to check to see if it did. And then like in the remake, he was disappointed because there was like this almost Olympic, like, narration that we'll get into where they explain all the deaths along the way and uh they didn't have one for one of the deaths so he's just like oh that's disappointing (laughs) kids kids nowadays it's like but you got a bunch of them i want them all like that right an insatiable appetite for death the children (laughs) have it's true it's so true (laughs) oh it's wonderful too because i recognize it like if okay if i didn't play these games growing up i could see how it could scare me as a mom and be like, oh my God, you're obsessed with death and dying. This is a terrible thing. But it's like, since I grew up with it, I'm so proud of him. I'm like, yes, darling, let's look for more deaths. That's wonderful. <laughs> now, I do have a crippling sense of death anxiety, but I'm sure it has nothing to do with these <laughs> games as a child. Not at all. Restore, restore. restore. <laughs> all right. So back to our little origin story. Ken, Ken Williams... Uh, when the two guys approached him to do this game, Ken said no. Mm-hmm. And so they went ahead and did four the first four screens of the game, mm-hmm. and that turned Ken around on it. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm back in. So that, that, that gave him the ability to make our beloved you know, Space Quest game, and so that was pretty cool. And, I, yeah, now I'm just looking at a sea of notes and getting intimidated. Um, back... <laughs> <laughs> Find so- screenshots, you'll be okay. Yeah, good call. I should have pulled those up. Okay, so that that's I think that's our origin story. Is there anything else you want to cover before we do like story related things or get into the comparison? Uh yeah. So when did you first play Space Quest One? Oh shit. Okay, right. Our our origin story. Um, I first played it on the Apple Macintosh in black and white. Uh, in but way back in the day, I, I was, I mean, I, I didn't play it when I was three when it came out, but I probably played it when I was like seven or something like that. I'm going to guess. Um, yeah, played it on the black and white Macintosh, which is a weird version of space quest because it, it has like a, well, like a, like a shitty point and click kind of style to it where like there's, there's a menu at the top, um, for any current day Mac users, the, the same as there is nowadays with the, the Mac menu at the very top of all the screens, but it had a drop down for verbs. Um, and most of, most of the menu actions really just pulled up the text box, which was kind of insane because you just had to start typing for it to otherwise pull up. Like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty useless and pretty weird, but I guess credit to them for at least giving it a shot. But yeah, it was, it, it was technically, you could point and click, I guess, 
But I mean, there was no getting there. Okay, you couldn't because there was no getting around the fact that you had to eventually get to the keyboard. Because even if you went up to the menu to the verb section, the verb drop down that say you picked a verb, all it did was put that verb in the text box for you. So like, <laughs> thanks guys. Right, like, and in, in case you're too lazy to type look, you could you know go the long way around and have it put look in for you. But like, you'd still have to then type what to look at. So it's not like. It wasn't like a replacement for a keyboard, I guess you could say. So I, I don't know where it really fits anywhere at all. Um, so weird. And it was it was hideous because it was it was black and white, but but there was like it- no shading. It was just a lot of like not even dithering, but just dots, like like literal just white and then black. And it was just it was hideous. If, if any, if you haven't seen it, um, Google Macintosh versions of any of these SCI games and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It was pretty, it was pretty ugly, but I loved it. It didn't, didn't matter. I played space quest one and two police quest one and gold rush all in all on the Macintosh in black and white. And and that's what hooked me. So that's maybe even the most baffling part about it is after you see these screenshots and be like, wow, that was enough for this guy would grow up and do like a podcast about this shit. Like, wow, Um, (laughs) kind of amazing. But yeah, so that's my, that's my register. It's one of the first games I played. I think I played two before one doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I was such a young kid. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of it was just walking around and seeing what would happen anyway. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, what was yours? Well, wait, did it pause when you were typing? Mm, I don't remember. Because that's significant to me because I was scared of this game because I played it and I was intimidated by it because it didn't pause when you were typing. So I kind of avoided it until after I'd completed number four and five and, and got a collection. And then went back and played the original ones with a walkthrough. Right. It, you know what? It did pause because now I'm remembering there was also a sidebar with little controls. They were really trying to to push the point and click thing. And I, I know why. It was because Macintosh had a mouse mouse support before, I guess, DOS, let's say, at the time. Wouldn't have been Windows yet. So so I think Mac was just like, you know, really nudging their developers into to utilizing the mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like this this hot new thing. It's called a mouse. It's going to take off. You'll see. <laughs> it's going to be all the rage. You guys are going <laughs> to love it. So they were trying to really force the mouse into it. So there was a pause button on hmm. the side, and and kind of humorously, the only thing the pause button did was pull up the text box, thus pausing wow. the game. So yeah, the long way around, as I said, it did. But yeah, you're right because we've had this debate before. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sure if you've ever talked about it on on the pod, but at least in Messenger, where mm-hmm. with SCI zero like with the King's Quest 4, let's say, like the, the late parser games, mm-hmm. it wouldn't pause the game as you typed. And there's like a pro and con, because the, the pro of pausing is, is a, or of, of yeah, the pro is that it, it pauses the game. You don't have to panic so much. You have like a second to actually think about it and, and not do a typo. But if it doesn't pause the game, you could at least do like monotonous tasks while you walk across the screen. You know, like you could type mm-hmm. open door on your way to the door. So it's, it's pros and cons. Yeah, my King's Quest Four always paused. That was why I think I liked it, because it was the first game I ever played, and it was a text game, and it paused when I typed. And that's why I was scared of 1, 2, and 3, because they didn't. Do I have it backwards? So the AGI did not pause. Right. AGI okay. didn't pause. My bad. That's I just okay. got that totally backwards. again. Just for- in case a listener is sitting on the edge of their seat going, oh my gosh, I need to know it's enraging. okay. I got you. We're okay. Yeah. We're okay, man. It's okay. I can't sit by and listen to him say wrong shit anymore. But I didn't play the AGI version until we one day we'll maybe revisit the different versions of King's Quest and, and give it a good yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. We'll do, give it mm-hmm. a good comparison. We definitely will, too. Um, mm-hmm. 
Okay, so so but anyway, but back to your origin story. Like when how old were you? What was the what was the vibe? Right. Yeah, no, I guess I must have been what what year did the collection come out? It was a little later, right? Yeah, it would have been well, which collection? Like the 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 blue the, first one. the blue box, the big box that was blue, like floppy collection? Uh, I mean, yeah, even then that the came on a CD. Yeah, it came on a CD, but the first the first round of collections when they very first came out a CD cuz I was excited to get it cuz I just didn't have all of the other boxes. Was it like that really classy looking box where it was like like a nice like matte blue and it had like a like a gold space quest emblem in the center? Yeah, it just only had up to 4, I think. Or something. Did it have all of them? I'm not sure about five. I have, I have, I don't know. I think the CD was blue. I have so many copies of just the CD by itself, but it's all in my CD sleeve folder. Cause right. like the box is long gone. I don't even know whatever happened to the box. All I have left in evidence is the CDs. So you didn't, you didn't get to Space Quest until at least the mid 90s then? Yeah. Well, Space Quest 4, I played it right when it first came out. So I guess that would have been 91. Okay. And so I played that first and then I played five and then I got the collection and then I played all the way through and then I played six. Got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is, that is interesting. You went, you went out of order all the way from, from four back. Um, Which is why the story, I don't think it mattered to me as much as it would have if I was invested in it from the beginning. Right. Right. Well, and four four is relevant to this episode in the sense that I think that the the VGA remake is mm -hmm. very. It's similar to four. It's not in the exact style of four. I, I would almost say that. Actually, I would definitively say that the VGA remake has more personality and like it, it's more stylistic than Space Quest Four. Yeah, it's less formulaic. It's a little bit more wild. It's yeah. a little bit more like almost experimental. It's it's cool. It's it's. God, I had so much fun with the VGA version. Like, I like both, and I've played EGA lots of times, but I only played VGA once when it came on a collection, and I played it. But that was it. I haven't played it since, since, since. So I was really surprised at how much additional bits and pieces they had thrown in just to up the fun factor. Yeah, that's been that's been kind of a theme of this comparison. Is is so far we're kind of three for three on just really really having a lot of fun with the remakes. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not even sure it has anything to do with with dampered expectations or because in most I think in all the cases, well, even at the time they didn't sell well, right? And then mm -hmm. they didn't preserve in, in people's memories or uh, history hasn't been very kind to the remakes. Let's say either. Um, mm -hmm. So there is a slight element of of maybe not expecting a whole lot as we've gone into these remakes, but man, they've all been. They've all been impressive and, and a mm -hmm. lot of fun. Um, to, okay, so to the art style, the, the VJ remake, it, it is similar to 4. Like Roger's sprite is, is almost mm -hmm. identical, if not identical. But the VJ remake of 1 has a um, retro-futurism kind of style. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like um, – I've really struggled with the name of it. That's the best I can, that's the best I can do right now. But, but an example of that type of art um, would be like the Jetsons or the Iron Giant or – the works of Sid Mead. That's mm -hmm. there's some good futurism, retro futurism for you guys. I, I think I guess the Jetsons is probably the most universal. Like you can most mm -hmm. people listening could probably close their eyes and imagine that. But it's just yeah, what the fifties, early sixties envisioned the space Very age to look like. Psychedelic. And I mean there's a few times you can look at the game and say that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, especially with the time travel, which which or not time travel, the regular travel, which is similar mm -hmm. to the time travel in four. But mm -hmm. yeah, retro futurism summed up in 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 sort of one word, 
is ray gun. That's, that's, mm-hmm. I guess, two words. I don't know how conjunctions or whatever work, but um, <laughs> I dropped out of school to do an adventure game podcast, guys. So <laughs> this is the cost. <laughs> Hashtag goals. But yeah, in, 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 a, in, a, in a word or two, Ray Gun. That's, that's mm-hmm. the art style of the VJ remake. And they really leaned into it. Again, like it's it's pretty similar to four. You could at least tell that they were made in, in within the same year or two of each other. But but one is just so it's so much fun to look at. Like I really really like it. And yes, it's the little animations are beautiful. The are. little character animations, and it really took its time and showed it to you and was like, no no, I made this five or six second animation, and it's fun. Let's watch it. Yeah, and I was I was pleasantly surprised to see Douglas Herring. Um, all over the credits as far as art and I think mm-hmm. animation as well, because I mean, he was yeah. like the mastermind behind so much of Sierra's. He was almost like Sierra's Mark Ferrari when it came to just an insanely intricate and beautiful work with EGA limited palette dithering, um, such as uh, Conquest of Camelot and Lara Bow or Colonel's Bequest. Um, so yes, as soon as I saw his name, I was like, that explains a lot of the quality because the animations were just so fluid and bendy and snappy and just, yeah, they mm-hmm. were, they were amazing. Um, like the sticky plant, yeah, um, it's my favorite. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> so satisfying. Oh, so good. I want. I just wanted to keep picking him. It was great. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we could move towards the story now. He says mm-hmm. hesitantly, like he's forgetting something big. But yeah, okay. So it starts out. Uh, Arn. <laughs> that was my mouth just went rogue on me. Arn. It starts out <laughs> on the Arcadia. Um, mm-hmm. Roger wakes up to find his ship under attack by the Syrians who have stolen the star generator. <gasps> and uh, I know gasp and the star generator. This is basically if, if you've seen wrath of Khan, that's, that's what the star, that's what's going on here. Star generator, mm-hmm. power of suns, blah, blah, blah. Um, very, very wrath of Khan. Like when it comes to the star generator. So, so you wake up there and, and it introduces you to the, to Roger whose uh, proclivity for a good nap saves <laughs> his life. And that's mm-hmm. the, that'll be a theme throughout the entire series. <laughs> yep. He's the only one that survives because, you know, because of his slacking off. Um, <laughs> and I guess it's worth noting, too, that Roger Wilco isn't necessarily Roger Wilco in, in the EGA version. The first two st- space quests, you, you pick a name for him. He's kind of like a blank avatar. Um, mm-hmm. We're in the title screen, right? You get to name him. Um, Whereas in the, the remake, and, and this is worth noting too, that Space Quest really went a direction of, uh, what was it? Come Space Quest, so Space Quest 4, 5, and 6, it kind of almost rebranded it to Roger Wilco mm-hmm. um, in a Space Quest adventure as opposed to, you know, Space Quest whatever. And, and so that, that's maybe one of the, the immediate huge differences between the, the two versions is that Space Quest, the, the original is, is Space Quest, the Sarian Encounter, and the remake is Roger Wilco in you know, mm-hmm. the, the Space Quest Syrian encounter. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, Roger Wilco is understood, will comply, right? It's military stuff. Mm-hmm. Roger is understood, Wilco is will comply. And he's, you know, we're controlling him as an avatar. It's all, it's all very clever. It um, is. Yeah. Puns, puns abound. And I didn't know that when I was a kid, the connotation. So I'd say Roger Wilco to people in conversation and they'd nod and be like, yeah, exactly. And carry on. <laughs> and I always thought, I'm like, oh, they know Space Quest and would always be mildly disappointed when they had no idea what I was talking about. Right. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty funny. Roger Bogue, like to hear it, hear it militantly out of context would be kind of jarring. <laughs> like some sort of like deep state programming just kicked in and you're like, Roger Wilco. They're like, what the? 
So the broadcast is incoming. Yeah. Um, okay, before we go too too deep into it, I will say uh, in the original version, in the original, original version, so 1.0x is the first mm-hmm. release version, 1986. Um, in that very first screen, if you typed in Ken, Ken Williams will waddle out and complain about how the game is behind schedule. <laughs> and this is it's only available in 1.0x it was removed from there on out in ken's defense he is not drawn or animated in a flattering sense so i kind of get that it was it was a little mean um <laughs> I, I don't know I, felt, I thought it was a little mean like geez guys he was gigantic basically and that's right <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can, you can ch- check that out. It's in the first screen. You just type in Ken and, and how he waddles. So, okay. Anyway, um, what else, what do we have early on that, that's kind of. Well, right away, if you, if you're playing each game, the, uh, the immediate difference that I found is I had to change the aspect ratio on my screen. Otherwise I wasn't able to like walk off to the next screen. Like I had to go into scum and make it so that it was full screen and hitting all sides. Oh, that's interesting. Was that mm-hmm. for the original or the remake? For the remake. Huh. Yeah, because I kept trying to click on the edge and there was a black bar on each side of the screen. And I was like, I couldn't figure out the exact click point to leave each room. And it was really frustrating. But then when I fixed the aspect ratio, it was it was normal again. And, and it was just click at the edge like you're supposed to. But it turns out it's a very specific click point at the very edge of the screen, which is sort of when the the walk cursor is half gone in a specific area that if there's no border that stops you, it's quite hard to get it right, like halfway through the man in the right spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. It could be tricky to leave the screen, like especially um, when you're, when you're stuck like on Corona, when you're underneath the the dinosaur, the the monster bones and stuff, like Mm -hmm. you kind of walk into it. There was a really cool, uh, and and my son really appreciated this in, in, in this early scene in the BJ remake, there's like a a graded floor Mm -hmm. um, with like, you know, holes in it and everything. And then, and when you go down the elevator and you walk underneath that floor, like you can just barely see Roger going through the grates. Mm -hmm. It's just very cool, especially for, Mm -hmm. for actually, I don't want to. I, I almost put us both on the spot and said, "When did the remake come out?" But we don't. I don't hmm. know. I think it was '91. Doesn't matter. Yeah, give or take around there. Yeah, for sure in the '90s. So <laughs> a few years later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely after the original. <laughs> <laughs> so this one got me. It got me because I didn't know to get a widget. Oh. And so I didn't get the widget. I carried on, and I went to the next place and I didn't have what I needed to do translating and I didn't know where it was or how to get it because I was thinking I was missing something from playing the first one before but I'm like what widget and then there's other times like for example with the the slot machine you're supposed to attach a thing to make it so you can win I didn't know that and I spent almost 40 minutes gambling on the slot machine and almost always losing and just f safe spamming it hard time to get to 256 dollars my whole family's looking at me like what the hell are you playing this stupid game for those sounds are so annoying it was loud too you so wait you made it to 256 dollars without the widget i did very it was i was discovering the algorithm because if you put the money in first and then saved it it would keep doing the same thing but if you didn't put the money in first it would, but it would sometimes get caught. So you couldn't go back to your original save. You had to let yourself lose every once in a while because it was stuck on a pattern. It was very frustrating. 
Wow, that's insane. I'm really impressed. That, okay, so so you have to get for listeners, you have to get to three hundred dollars. Is how yes. much money you have to make? And, and you you this widget is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, graphically, it looks like a magnet, and you you put mm-hmm. it on the slot machine, and it makes it mm-hmm. so it, it so it always lands on <laughs> on identical symbols. And, and I did no walkthrough. I was just doing this straight up cold. So how the hell would I know to attach a widget to this slot machine? Right. Jeez. And now granted, help me with my memory. I did play this last night, but I can't mm-hmm. remember where you get the widget. It, it, you have to get it, I think from the, the, no, no, the, the translator you have to get from the thing, the widget is you have for, to get aboard the Arcadia and right. then the gadget, you have to get the translator from the Arcadia. So they're both on the Arcadia. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and actually, okay. I've got to, I, I've been calling it Arcadia my whole life, including in this episode three minutes ago. Oh, it's ago. Arcada. Arcada. Oh, yeah. what the hell? What universe? Is this one of those, what do they call it? The... Like a Mandela? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I've it, been, it, I'm so sorry. That's crazy. Ar- it, Arcada? And it meant, it, it meant a lot to them because they put it in the manual and, and they do it where like, you know, they, you spell it out like Arcada, like they really want you to know how to say it. Do they? Because like Which usually that alone is weird. if there's one consonant between two vowels, the first vowel is a is a long sound. So if you go by English phonetics, it should be Arcada. Right. Well, again, I dropped out, so I, I didn't know any of that. Um, I dropped out earlier than you did. I don't know anything <laughs> either. I just, I did hooked on phonics with my kids, you know, like the, I, I came across it at a used place and for 15 bucks, but they, they sold them on TV for hundreds of dollars. And I taught my first kids to read and, and Jacob too, with these, with this hooked on phonics kit. It's yeah. Cool, man. It's either hooked on, Never mind. That's a terrible joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you're in the you're in the arcada. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like correctly like one more avocada? time. Arcada. Right. <laughs> just say it correctly one more time, and then swiftly go back to saying it how I'm more comfortable saying it. But mm-hmm. um, I've I've got a few a few notes on this. Just being, it's it's really actually between the two versions, comparison wise, the arcada specifically. I mean, there's not a ton of difference in in the entire game, honestly, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Arcada specifically, I'm not sure there's any differences like at all. Oh, there's a few. Is there? You can right. kick, uh, one of the dead bodies in the, uh, original version oh, and you that's lose right. one point and you can't do that there's no kick on kick. the VGA version. And, uh, you, the lifting to the platform, you don't get any points in the new version, but you get one point in the original version. Cause you don't have to do that. And getting the widget. Is another one that, right, uh, that you can exist. obviously, yeah, it doesn't exist. But other than that, it's essentially the same. Everybody's in the same place, and it's a little bit easier to spot things you're missing. Like, for example, when I first played um, the original version, I forgot to take the key card from the body. I just looked mm. at the body and I saw the t- key card, and I forgot that I didn't have it. And then the game was nice enough to try it again on another dead body. It said, "Yo, there's," and I and I didn't clue in because I didn't look in my inventory. And I'm like, "Oh, that's okay. I've already got a key card. Whatevs." And then mm. I go through and I do the thing, and of course I, I have no key card. And then I I restarted the game to get one. But <laughs> you you learn your lessons quick with this game. <laughs> That was kind of you to say just those three things because it's actually three pretty giant things. But you were you were mm-hmm. trying to help me out there, and I appreciate it. And I will say too that that he has a name. 
the dead mm-hmm. body you kick and it's it's Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Aww. Jerry. Um, yeah, you kick, you, you kick, and you lose a point for doing that, I believe, right? You do. You yeah. do lose Fair a enough. point for doing that, as you should, because, you know, why would you kick the dead body? Other than that, that most of the dead bodies are kind of a waste of your time. If you take the time to search the wrong ones, like, okay, so what did you think at the time? On the first version, uh, they don't give you a timer, but you know you're on limited time. But in the remake, they've got a big timer right up on screen. 15 minutes. This is all you have. I felt a little extra pressure because the timer was there. Um, yes. No, I felt I felt the extra pressure and 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 so did my son to where it was like he was incredibly stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Real it, feelings here, people. Yeah, Real. It made it, it made it so much fun. Like it was just there, there was something about seeing a modern nine-year-old so deeply engaged in, in an old ass adventure game. And a lot mm-hmm. of it was due to that timer. He was so mm-hmm. stressed. He was so stressed that he stopped controlling. Cause usually I let him control the game mm-hmm. despite my, my inner child being like, no, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, I, I try to let him control the game and he couldn't do it. He's like, you take it, you take it. And then I'd be like, no, you got it. He'd be like, you take it. Like he was like, life or death kind of attitude where he couldn't even like take over the controls. And like, it, it was, it was amazing to me. Cause he's like, he still had this, this level of immersion without even being the one controlling it, just sitting back watching mm-hmm. me and watching the timer and being like, go, 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 go. And like, we got out of there with like eight minutes left on the timer. Like it wasn't even close. Cause I played <laughs> it so many damn times, but, yep. but it was still, it was still incredibly stressful for him in, in a really fun, engaging way. So, so I, 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 I thank the timer in a sense because it, 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 especially being the first uh, in the beginning of the game, basically. So it really got him like hooked on the game and, and got his, you know, endorphins going or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really liked it. I, as far as like you brought up a good point, like because you could see it doesn't make it more stressful. And, and that was all centric to like what my kid felt. But for me personally, I think it's actually more stressful when I can't see it. Yeah. Then, then I have no idea where I'm at. So I just assume. I'm like it's almost always. out of time. Yeah. <laughs> At right. all times. Yeah. I am out of time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was stressful. You know, at the very beginning of the game, the first time you get shot, like even for me, the, the EGA version, my heart jumps because I'm just like, oh man, I forgot what that feels like. Ah, like it's a physical feeling. The games yeah. are real. <laughs> yeah. And okay. So another interesting point when it comes to, to the, the tone of the game, this is the biggest difference between in my opinion, between the original and the remake is, is the, the overall tone. And I think a lot of it has to do with the artwork because in the remake, it is just much brighter. It's just a brighter mm-hmm. game. Like it's, it's a very, the, the retro futurism art style is very um, playful, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's nothing really ominous or dark about it. And the, and the original game, um, because I like the, because this, the story itself, if you were to strip away all the gra- all the visuals, the story itself is is somewhat intense and and mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily like a funny plot line. Like the humor is in the dialogue and the the, the circumstance. Um, but I, I would say that the first game is is it's kind of like almost like a darker and sort of pretty intense sci-fi game with some mm-hmm. humor. Mm-hmm. And then the remake is a humorous sci-fi game kind of period with, with maybe mm-hmm. some some intensity baked into it. But it's, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like almost inverted. The, the first game, and this I think this goes for the first two space quests, that they're, 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 they're more like in pretty intense sci-fi stories with some humor. 
Um, right. and, and then, you know, maybe Space Quest 3, roughly speaking, Space Quest 3 kind of is like a 50-50. And then, and, then it, and then it flips to the other, the other direction of the 60-40 when it takes on the Roger Wilco moniker and becomes much more comedy-centric. But I, my, mm-hmm. my long-winded, exhausting point here is that the, the, first two, the, the first two Space Quests are for the sake of this episode. The first Space Quest, the original version, is, is more dramatic than, than mm-hmm. the remake. There is a remake on the second one. It's just unofficial, but I've heard it's quite good. Yeah, it is. It is. Right. Well, the first one was so dramatic, it intimidated me, as I said. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It was It was fast. It was scary. Nothing paused. I didn't know what to do or where to go all on my own. I did not realize how short of a game it was as a child. It seemed daunting and big and intimidating and unfinishable. I just got, I guess I was a bit of a pussy, really. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have one. You're allowed to say it. It's, 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 <laughs> that's the rules for these kind of things, I guess. Good. It turns out. I, yeah. I'm always big fan of following the rules, as y'all can tell. <laughs> right, yeah, that's, you know us. Mm. Um, well, I, yeah, and I guess, I guess uh, I'm making it sound like my point is a stretch, but really the, the game starts out with red sirens and dead bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not... It, it, I guess it's almost it's almost a wonder of how the remake, huh? It, the remake, in a sense, shrouds shrouds that in a sense. Like there's there's mm-hmm. these all these dead bodies, but it doesn't. I don't know. It does feel intense. It just doesn't feel scary. And I, I guess that's funny. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like a parody of dead bodies already automatically. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So as it's. It, it really is a, a kind of a tale of two tones in a sense, the, the, the original and the remake, and, which is quite a feat considering it's the exact same story with very little differences between the gameplay and the mechanics and everything that happens. Like the, it's pretty damn cut and paste when it comes to what you do and the story itself. But just mm-hmm. based on the visuals alone, it, it kind of changes the, the, the entire vibe and it becomes quite representative of the original represents the first three space quests and the remake represents the latter three quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like uh, you can in the uh, you get points, extra points, like alternative points. If you kill the droid and the Orat together when you leave to like, there's funny little things you can do. Can you do that in the remake as well? Do you know? I, I mean, it would make sense that you could because you just have to make it follow you and then have it blow up away from you far enough. But you don't get even if you could, which I'm not sure you don't get points for it. So I don't think so. I think yeah. it's not even applicable. No, you can't do it in the original one. I'm going to say. No, you know, you can in the original. I know that. Can I just you? I don't oh, know good. if you can in the remake, but you know that you can. in the. Remake. Oh, yeah, you definitely can in the remake. Well, yeah. Look at us. Two halves of a whole. Now we know the, the whole picture. Yeah. OK. And this, this brings us to Corona anyway. So we're on Corona, which, yes, was named after the beer. Um, it was their favorite beer, at least at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Corona is a hot desert planet. Um, if you uh, there's uh, in the original, there's a quick um like infographic screen on the spaceship that gives you information about the planet you're about to land on. And if you pause it uh, there or just, you know, have had a screenshot. Okay. You know, basically I, I paused, a, you know, a YouTube playthrough so I could actually read it this time. And it, it, cause it's interesting. The temperature on Corona is 40 degrees Celsius, which is mm-hmm. 104 degrees Fahrenheit. And this is the nerdiest note I have to where I even put a nerd emoji in it to call myself out. 
but I don't feel like it's hot enough for the rate of hydration that Roger suffers. Like, oh my God, it starts happening so fast too. It's like once, once you get thirsty once, man, he just can't get enough of that stuff. It's like every other <laughs> screen, man. You're okay, Roger. Just chill. Exactly. And, and so, okay. So your point about the ORAT with with the spider droid is is if you if you that, like that is I think in, on paper that's a better way to do it because then you don't yeah. have to stress out about hydration because the other way again sorry for the listeners who who haven't played it the other way to kill the ORAT which is just you know a, 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 he's like a big yeti but with brown brown fur he's a, that's that's not a good enough he's a he's a big <laughs> he's a big foot guy. Big yeah. footed guy. Big guy. He sounds small. <laughs> like the name Orat would make you think it's a small creature. To me, I've always think it yeah. thought it's the name of a small creature. He's not small. Yeah, no, you're right. He's 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 not. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look at uh, confirm his foot size later. But for for, for the sake <laughs> of argument, he's he's kind of a big footish guy, and and um, you can kill him by throwing your your drink at him because in the game it's like space age drink. It's dehydrated mm-hmm. water. Which is, which is funny. Uh, just in case you didn't know that, it's it's what we call funny. Um, yes. And it was funny because that's that's funny how Space Quest One the original is funny. Like I, like I was just telling everybody that it's 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 a more kind of intense sci-fi story with like kind of comedic elements, and that that's a good example of that where the story is is ultimately kind of dark, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of death, and there's a lot of like <laughs> black in the palette, um, just darkness. Uh, graphically speaking as well, but then there's just little things like dehydrated water. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's hilarious. That's, that's not how water works. But anyway, if you throw your dehydrated water at, at the ORAT, he chomps at it instinctively and it, you know, it immediately hydrates in his stomach and, and he explodes. But if you do it that way, then you lose your ability to maintain hydration on this. Not mm-hmm. that hot of a planet. Look, listen, I lived in Florida for a decade and even now <laughs> I live in Colorado and our summers are, it's fucking, it's hot here. It gets really mm-hmm. hot in the summers. Um, which I'm, I'm selling that point because because people don't seem to get that about Colorado. Like, oh, aren't you so cold there? Like, dude, it's it's the desert that's just interrupted by you know having four seasons. But but anyway, it's it's 104. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell there's like a personal thing going on there. I'll just abandon that because you know what it was. It was when I left Florida. Everybody's like, oh, Colorado, ew, it's going to be so cold there, and it's just like <laughs> you guys. You don't know what you're missing out by having actual seasons. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, this isn't the bee's knees being just ridiculous, diabolically hot all the time. It, it's frankly, it makes you guys grumpy. All right, I was, <laughs> I was one of you for a decade, and and there's a lot of mean people there, and and yeah. except for our listeners that live there, of course. No, they're all wonderful. Yeah, but that's no. because they're adventure games, and you know we didn't know people that were into adventure games, so we're not talking about them. Yeah, and ninety percent of people in Florida don't know how they got there and don't want to be there. So there's <laughs> that too. But anyway, the point is, is that 104 degrees isn't hot enough to dehydrate at the rate that Roger does. Um, and to maintain your hydration, it's better to kill two birds with one stone, kind of literally, in, in getting the spider to blow up the ORAT. Mm-hmm. It's fun too. The spider droid is scary in any version. It's intimidating because it just you get near it and it blows up. But it's also fun because as soon as you go up, it can't. Right. It can travel through the galaxy to find you. And, <laughs> but then it just, it cannot go up what would be a, a simple, you know, handicap accessible ramp. <laughs> I, I really like that about it. And I like, I like the satisfaction of, it's so much easier to kill the uh, uh, spider droid from above in the remake 
it's like in the original version, if you're trying to kill it with the rock instead of the other way, it takes longer to get him in the right bloody position. Yeah, it, you know, it is, that's a very satisfying death. It did take me, I did have to, to save and reload at least three times last night to get that, but mm-hmm. but yeah, satisfying when it happens. Um, okay, so so where are we at? We're, we're on Corona. We talked about it being the, we, we know it's the beer. Okay, so let's move on to falling down the, the elevator the elevator shaft. Yes, as long as you have a sticky plant first. Yes, in the remake, right? Because you yes. don't need that in the original. So, it's, and that's no. good, right? Because this is a comparison episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, it is. We you got a, a comparison. <laughs> you get a cute little animation. He picks a sticky plant, which later on you're going to use to like gum up. Which is funny, right? It gums him up not just for one time you walk through, but every time you walk through, which is great because you know it's just like a sticky plant, right? I love suspending my belief for these. Well, in, in adventure game terms, it's like, it's merciful. Like, wow, mm-hmm. this, this is just going to stay working. That's amazing. Because mm-hmm. usually we don't get breaks like that in adventure games. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a great example of, of how and why I and many people are and claim to be bad at adventure games. Because Roger, when he gets the sticky plant, that animation really, mm-hmm. really sells how sticky it is. So like, good. Right? It's really, it's almost, almost too long. Like how long he struggles with the stickiness and getting it off his hands. Like it, it really, it goes on for a minute. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. It's sticky. And then five minutes later, when you need something sticky for a puzzle, I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had something blatantly sticky on me. Like it, that one took me a while to figure out. I and tried passing the grate by going around it right. a few times by just like, clearly I'm just not going fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's annoying because it's it's a logical solution like in a, mm-hmm. in adventure game terms anyway it's pretty logical that, that mm-hmm. you know that, that the alien would go for it and it would stick him to the ground and blah 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 in our defense we had just played the original and this mm-hmm. is not in the original there is no, no. sticking the the great monster to the ground so uh, no. yeah in our defense it um, is not and then there's the puzzle uh, there's the puddle of green ooze that's just there purely for the sole purpose of like giving you a death scene yeah exactly okay (laughs) right before that we have the lasers and i've got to mention Mm -hmm. this because this is like the most i think infamous puzzle in the game in the original version you're supposed to pick well in both versions you're supposed to pick up a glass shard when you you can't bloody see it in the original version so you don't know to get it exactly (laughs) it is just not there not the artist didn't didn't bother to give you a single pixel on that one they're just Mm -hmm. like you gotta you gotta look at it and then that was that was you know the state of adventure gaming in 1986. To be fair, mm-hmm. but but yeah, you can't see the damn the the glass. Well, the glass shard, the glass <laughs> shard, and so you need it for the lasers. And I I I would be amazed to hear if anybody played this back in the day and and didn't struggle with that. Like I mm-hmm. like, I would love to hear from anybody who was like I actually I actually immediately looked at the ship like I was supposed to because it's not that you know. It's not a huge ask in, in an early AGI game to have to look at everything to find stuff. But but at mm-hmm. the same time, there's something unfair about it, I guess. But in, in the remake, they show you the glass shard so you can pick it up and, and do the, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know, send the laser upon itself so it destroys itself. Yes. And that's a great little animation in both versions. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like the animation. The EGA version might actually be a little bit better. It is. VGA like- was a bit long, too, on that one, actually. Just yeah. Okay. And he wasn't sliced up as, as satisfying. Like he's really, like, like he really comes off like pepperoni in the original one. Just these perfect mm-hmm. little slices and then he falls to his death. Okay, that brings us to the asset part. And I just have to brag on behalf of my child. 
because he's just he was oddly good at this. I died like. Oh six- my god, my guy, my kid too. For no real? Yeah, that's hilarious. Jacob's just he was so frustrated watching me. He's like, now, now, mom, nope, now, mom. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> I'm like, well, here you do it. He's like, yep, okay. Want me to do it again? Uh huh. Dude, it was insane. It was like, it was like black magic. Like he just, mm-hmm. he took it and he just did it first try. Mm-hmm. And like, he did it two, two out of three tries. Like he mm-hmm. did it one for one, and then because uh, you have to go back through it again. Damn mm-hmm. you, Sierra! That that was annoying having yeah. to go through it a second time after you kill the Orat and bring back proof of his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time he di- he died once, but then got it. So yeah, it was like two out of three times he nailed it. And I I died like I was zero for six or something. I was I was hell impressed. And he was super excited. And and to me that was like. That's a win, man. I got the Sierra logo all over this house. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't hide that I want him to like this stuff and have a good time. Mm-hmm. So like between the timer, getting him invested in the beginning and then him nailing the puzzle and being like visibly proud of himself for doing it, especially when dad couldn't, it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, we got him. This is going to he's we got it. We got a Space Quest fan like you could see a Space Quest fan being born um, mm-hmm. when, when he did that puzzle and I couldn't. Did you die in the acid pool in the remake? Um, no, I didn't, but I didn't even mess with it. Oh man. It's a good one. Cause you get the, oh. the two, the two guys from Andromeda come out and like give a play by play. Kind of oh, like they I did. Do if you I die did. In the lasers. Yeah. That was my well, they did it with death. the lasers too. Yeah. Oh, that's where I saw it. It was with the lasers, yeah. but that was, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it regardless. That was my favorite mm-hmm. death. Yeah, because they totally do. They're like as if it, they're sports casters, and they and then they even do like it. Here's an instant replay to show you what you missed, and they do it on both right. the lasers right. and the pool. So yeah, super funny. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, we give it a nine point eight. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Let's see an instant replay, and then they actually do the instant replay. It was so good, mm-hmm. and uh, further furthering just just a proud dad moment, and and really this almost might be proud of myself for the success in indoctrination that I've had over my kid <laughs> is when those two popped up, he said, Oh my God, it's the two guys from the commercial. Cause he's, uh-huh. I, I didn't even realize how many, <laughs> what I put him through, but he's actually seen enough of the old Sierra commercials on YouTube and stuff to know the two guys. Like it was just, it was adorable. I almost wish that, that Scott and Mark could have seen that reaction. Cause mm-hmm. In his eyes, like they were true celebrities. He's like, "Oh, oh my are. God, it's the two guys!" Like, are you That's kidding amazing. me? It was that was such a cool moment, and yeah, just God. I mean, it's like when we were kids. If we had actually seen the two guys from Andromeda on TV or on a video, that would have been epic. And like, yeah. that's no different, right? He's seen them on TV and on a video in all the epicness. So now it's just like, wow, they are famous, and here they are in a game because yeah. I died making fun of the whole situation. That's so epic. And it's, it's really, it goes to show how, how well space quest three played it too, because by then, like imagining, you know, this was back in the day, like Strummer kind of represents kids from that era too, where like they've seen Mm -hmm. them on the back of the boxes, they've seen them in the promo videos and then Mm comes space quest three, like when they're, they're actually a part of the game, like the Mm -hmm. magic that that felt like. Right. And then at the very end of the game, getting to see like Sierra headquarters in that meta moment, like it's just just so well played. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. A few meta moments, especially in the remake for the deaths, like the, Conquest of Camelot death. Did you get that one? I did get that one. Um, not intentionally either. I'm trying to remember no. exactly how you get it. Uh, oh, you, it was intended. Well, it was sort of intentionally because you mm-hmm. press the button you shouldn't press. Yeah, it's the one, the middle button when you're going in the spaceship to go to the wrong place. And by wrong place, they mean conquest of the longbow. And then you're like out by the pub 
and it's it's beautiful. Oh, that, it was so cool. And you hear you hear the 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 horn like that the, the merry men blow in in longbow, and it's like it just kind of because even even myself like. God, having done a voice in in that game for one short eyes video, like as as intimately as I know that, I still stared at it for a second, like waiting to confirm. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. this is Longbow, right? I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I didn't have like maybe because uh, I don't know anybody listening is probably like, well, what else could it be? But in my mind, I'm like, wait, this is, that's not King's Quest like five or something, right? Like you yeah. know, because it has that overall you know vibe. Um, and then you hear the Merry Men's like the the horn blow. And and it's just like it was so satisfying. And then Strummer and I had played Longbow a couple months ago for for the episode mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with One Short. I, I, I actually I was mentioned this on the last episode how how he actually bailed on it, it was the, the first the only Sierra game that he really just wasn't that into. Right. Um, but regardless, he played enough of it to to still enjoy that kind of moment of just like oh my god, I know that game too. Like it was just mm-hmm. it was it was a. It was a super kind of magical experience the, the playing Dude, the remake with him. It was there's that's so many exactly. Payoffs. That's why we got into Sierra. I mean, a part of it, I yeah. know it must have been for you too, the little in-jokes. Like you see a character from another game in another game and they reference another game. And what to them was branding and advertising to us was like a secret hidden world within the games that only people that played all of them would even notice or know about. And they were so exciting to find. And I'm I'm kind of hearing that in your representation of, of your son playing it too. He's kind of getting a touch of that world we had, which is so rare in this day and age it really is and and the, the only comparison i can think of in this day and age and it doesn't apply for my kid because he's not a big superhero dude is mm-hmm. is like this was almost like his experience with with the marvel cinematic universe because it's mm-hmm. it, essentially exactly what it is it's like this little cinematic universe where it's all tying in together and mm-hmm. you're getting these tiny little payoffs by seeing you know a, a bit of longbow here or, or um trying to think in in space quest in the original don't you crash in King's Quest one? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, with one of the deaths, it's over near the bridge, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. That's the scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. if it's the same death. If, if pushing the wrong button, if that's even an option, it doesn't matter. Like we're not a detail oriented podcast, but the point is, is is either way, like whether it's the original or the remake, you still crash into another Sierra game and mm-hmm. and get that kind of cinematic universe payoff thing. But yeah, in in the original, I think you you crash into the lake of alligators surrounding the castle in Daventry. Yeah. Um, and Ken's like, Berta, something, 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 something. End quote. Um, <laughs> End quote. <laughs> okay, let's move along with the game here. So uh, after after we uh, kill the Orat and bring proof of his death to the giant holographic alien, by the way, there's a giant holographic alien. Um, mm-hmm. Right, he- that doesn't speak English, and if you don't have the translator, like I didn't, the first time I played through, you can't understand what he's saying, and he keeps sending you away. And if you've already crashed, crash landed there, there's nothing you can do about it. That right. was in the other version. <laughs> and that is a death sentence, too, because yeah. you're inevitably going to have either used your water already on the ORAT or yeah, mm-hmm. basically getting sent back upstairs is, is, is kind of a death sentence, too. Yeah, it's not good. And, and the bridge, you have a bridge, much like in King's Quest, where you right. have a limited amount of times you can cross it. And it's not forgiving at all. You, you may only do exactly what you need to do as many times as you have to do it, period. Yes. And it really does, you know, something our show t- it touches on a lot is that whole consequence versus comfort thing. And the, 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 the remake, at least, was a great example of how consequence can be implemented quite well. Because mm-hmm. things like the bridge, 
again, looking, looking through this through my kid's eyes in the sense of like, it's a fresh pair of eyes on this stuff, which is mm-hmm. essentially why I bring him up so much. I think it's because it's fascinating mm-hmm. to see it is. what it, yeah, what it looks like through, through the eyes of somebody who's seeing it for the first time and getting a, getting a fresh take on it. And, and he was just like, it really heightened his, his immersion and, and just the, the sense of danger and the sense of, yeah, of consequence, basically. Every time that bridge cracked, it's just like, oh man, we can't go back through that again. And mm-hmm. and and seeing seeing how restoring a saved game as long as you saved it, Anna, that it didn't really <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really matter much to him because it was yeah, it was just part of the part of the experience. But anyway, all right, for the sake of moving forward, um, the hologram uh, uh, turns out to be uh, in the remake quite an ugly alien. <laughs> weird looking dude um and they're gonna give you a skimmer and you're gonna the skimmer is like a you know, little hovercraft that they can hover off the ground but not higher than rocks it turns when out you, when you get the skimmer there's a data cartridge you have to view oh, and if right. you forget to pull it back out of the machine you do fine and you can finish the game but you're missing important data. <laughs> right. You get the bad ending, which is mm-hmm. adorable because mm-hmm. speaking on the original version, it's adorable because the 1986 equivalent to a bad ending is, is one less paragraph mm-hmm. in your ending paragraph. So it's just, it's slightly let slightly less praise um, written. It's just like, yeah. Well, I, I, I tried it and I played through with the bad ending because I wanted to see what it said. And it said, if you'd only been the, the guy that looks like King Graham at the end of the original right. or the, the remake, I mean, he's like, well, if you'd only been smart enough to bring along the data cartridge containing the construction specifications, we'd be able to build a new star generator, thereby saving Xenon from the horrors of a rapidly cooling planet. Oh, well, you are just a janitor. Right. <laughs> you are just, yeah. <laughs> you still get the golden mop. So, you know, <laughs> It's a masterclass in passive aggression, isn't it? You, you, I mean, you are just a janitor, a little pat on the head. <laughs> but the game's like that. It is a little unforgiving. It is still it and the remake, which I believe they tried to be relatively faithful to the original in its unforgiving manner, as in, well, if you missed it, shrug of the shoulders, it's really not that long of a game. You've already done all the steps. Go back, try again, and try not missing it this time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that is that is a fair point. If you, if you had finished it, then you, you do have all the solutions in mind, and it's it got us probably forty fifty minutes if you know what yeah, you're doing. That's um, it. One of the uh, all right, I'll I'll save that for the end. I'll save it for the end. Okay, so skimmer sequence. Um, this 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 one my kid <laughs> couldn't beat. We played we played it about I got it, it at least fifteen times. Did you go slow? Because I just put it, I cheat. I just put it slow. God, no, I didn't. And I'm more mad at myself for not even thinking to do that. Damn it. Because I did think to speed it up to get through the acid, but I didn't Mm -hmm. think to to slow it down for the skimmer. Mm -hmm. It really helps. I did the same when I was doing the action sequences at the end of the game. I just put it all the way down to slow. Right. I should know that by now. Like in Camel, or sorry, in Longbow, like, you know, you Mm -hmm. slow it down. Ah, damn. Yeah, it's taught me to do that. I should have known it, but yeah, I didn't, and and we we had to call it a loss. Um, and <laughs> oh he, no, he, you had to skip the scene. They give you the option to skip the skimmer sequence in the remake, but in the rig in the regular one, I just always do the sequence. So. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to know at least in the remake uh, how how they programmed it because if you try to hide like camp out on like the far left or right side 
mm-hmm. it, it immediately comes for you on the far left or right side. Like it, it, the game mm-hmm. is is calling for your position, and and it knows where you are as far as sending rocks your way. It is. is it's like the slot machine, man. Both of them have this sort of like AI kind of smartness behind it that makes you want to be like, screw you, man. Not, not, <laughs> not cool, man. Not cool, man. <laughs> Uh, and it, it pained my kid to skip it. Like I kind of forced him to. We did. We kept doing rock paper scissors for for <laughs> if we're gonna skip it or not. And and Aww. whether he won or lost, it showed us that he wasn't ready to skip it. But it came to a point where I'm like, just eyeing the time. It's like you know coming up on 11 p.m. Like we need to we need to probably go ahead and finish this game. I, Daddy's mm-hmm. Daddy's doing an episode in the morning for some reason. So <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So anyway. Um, oh, and I'll, I'll say quick note on the side is, ah, I don't know if it's Amiga or Atari. I think it's the Amiga version um, of the remake that you mm-hmm. can try again, which is right. so nice. I really wish that the DOS version had that because it, it, if you – in the DOS version, you have to restore it to try again. And that means clicking on the skimmer and there, there's like a randomness element where sometimes Roger goes backwards and crashes, which is very funny the first time. Um and then maybe the second time too, but then it's like, okay, like I'm just, I want to get back at the skimmer thing and try and beat that. Um, but <laughs> I do like, it's, it's a very irreverent kind of line where he's like, whoops, oh, oh, things in reverse there as he crashes uh, going backwards real quick and then, and then forwards. But anyway, so yeah, just a, a nerdy version difference there is that in the Amiga, you get to just click try again and immediately be, you know, mm-hmm. trying again. So anyway, you get to Ulin's Flats. Yes, and there, Flats Ulins, which is like I said, huh? my son got huh? that. I didn't get it. Now he gets it. We all get it. It's <laughs> it's so funny. It is. It is very fancy for farts. It's 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 actually rather impressive that at the end of the day, it's a fart joke because it. Yeah. Yeah. Takes a I lot never of caught it. I didn't, I didn't get it at all, but uh, yeah, so here you are. And, and so you get to go to this place and you have to make some money. Essentially you figure out where you are and figure out where to go. Those are the, those are the quest outlines for the area. Yeah. And this, okay. This brings me to my biggest point of contention with, with the game, either version. So the, the not getting the glass comes up a lot as, as one of the more infamous fuck use of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Not taking the cartridge is another one, but, but as you already highlighted, that doesn't actually, it's not actually a dead end or anything like that. So, yeah. so I, I think that can be kind of forgiven. Um, plus that, that is kind of adventure game protocol as far as the AGI era was concerned, right? It's yeah. like, you know, checking to take the thing back. Like they, that's how games were then. They never gave you the thing back. You usually had to get it yourself. And I'm not saying that means you'd remember to, but at least it's right. consistent. Um, but the biggest point of contention I have with the whole game is this part where the, the guy comes up to you. Um, it's got like this real Muggsy vibe. She, like I don't have my Pringles can, but but just imagine I did and the things mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, but he comes up to you to, to buy your skimmer, which is funny because actually it's not even your skimmer and you do sell it to him. Um, <laughs> just as far as adventure game protagonists being terrible people secretly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll sell you the skimmer that's not mine. Sure, um, why not? Great. But it's like you can't sell it to him on the first go. He, he offers you 25 buckazoids. You have to wait the second time because then he offers you 30. And more importantly, he offers you 30 and coupons that you need. Like need, right. need. And I just, I just hate that. I don't like... It's kind of like the Leisure Suit Larry dumpster thing. I don't like when you have to look at something more than one time or like, how could you possibly know to reject the dude's offer? Like there's, 
nothing in the game has taught you that like if you hold mm-hmm. on a second it'll come back around again and it's just like it's it's such a no. death sentence if you say no that's not that's unless- my problem with it it's not because it's not teaching you anything it's just like do it or you're fucked and I, I don't i don't like that that part was very mean in in quest for glory you have to barter to make deals and and you can bring down the price of things so in quest for glory 2 you meet ali chica based off of one of the Marx brothers and he's selling Sauruses. And uh, if you don't accept his first offer and then don't accept, you can keep going and essentially take something that's like really expensive and going to break the bank and make it like next to nothing at the end. And it's the only other time I've really come across that idea in these games that would give me the notion. Cause like I, I, I did the walkthrough. So I don't know if I would have said no the first time or understood the concept. I can't even like guess, but I, I yeah. assume I would have accepted the offer the first time around. And I don't assume that there would have been a reason that I would have doubted to take it. I'm like, great. He wants to buy the house. It's like in gold rush. Somebody comes up and buys the house. Okay. They buy the house. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the adventure games have taught us more fear of loss than anything. Like, oh, better yeah. do it now. Better do it while I can. Take the thing mm-hmm. while you can. Because um, usually that's how you get that ends. It's not taking mm-hmm. the thing when you have the chance to, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, essentially what happens with the glass thing where it's like, you, you got to, mm-hmm. you got to take it then for, for the mo- mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you could actually go back and get it. To, to, there's the sandworms and the dehydration factor. So I don't, I don't know. But in, in the remake, it, it, it gives you a text box. Mm-hmm. Um, like a little, a little GUI to, to hit yes or no. And, and you could maybe argue that 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 is maybe a bit of a nudge towards saying no, just, just because it's like, well, why would you be able to say no? So maybe I should, mm-hmm. but I, even then that's a pretty thin argument. And, and then take that away for the original version where, where, you know, you're entering it in parser wise and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty unfair, but I will say on a positive side to that whole situation is that, the fact that the big box came with physical coupons, coupons, mm-hmm. coupons or coupons? I call them coupons. Coupon. Yeah, I like that better. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it, That's pretty, I don't know, is, is this the right time to use meta? Like it feels like, mm-hmm. that, like that's it pretty. Does. Because, because <laughs> there's a little Wizard of Ozzy for a second there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because of the wonderful things. Thank does. you. Yeah, it had to be mm-hmm. done. Um mm-hmm. Because they don't put it in your inventory. And and I think, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like they don't put it in your inventory because you have it physically already. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they put everything else in your inventory, but they don't, not in the remake. In the remake, they do right. put, well, you need it in the remake because it's point and click. So you have to yeah. grab it from your inventory. But in the parser, you don't need it in your inventory. Let's face it, inventory has always been kind of useless in the parser ones. Like mm-hmm. I went through most AGI games without ever even looking at my inventory ever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I didn't realize that there was inventory art until I started replaying these games in like 2013, <laughs> 14. Like I, I literally had never seen like a text parser inventory item before. And Mm-mm. it kind of blew my mind to, to realize that there, there was like a, a drawing of, of the ray gun, for example, that you get in Space Quest. Like, I had no idea. But anyway, I just I thought that was really cool because the box comes with the two coupons. So therefore, you don't get them in your inventory, maybe. At least that's how I'm mm-hmm. taking it. Yeah, those coupons are hard to come by. I don't have the coupons. I have the box for Space Quest 1, just one of them, but I do not have coupons. Right. It's Yeah, they're, they're similar to the napkin. The napkins, mm-hmm. the, the Larry napkins, probably even harder to, to obtain. Just because huh. it's you know a thin piece of paper. <laughs> At least I have that one. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so you go. 
you basically you hold off on selling it and then you sell it um the skimmer and then you go mm-hmm. into into the bar um where there's all kinds of different o- options as far as versions when it mm-hmm. comes to who's playing there whether it's like a blues blues yeah. brothers situation or a zz top and that that comes down to copyright issues and stuff they had mm-hmm. to remove i don't I didn't take notes on this actually, so I don't know the order of what happened when. I just know that that stuff was removed and dumbed down and, and you know made less apparent um, that it was, let's say, ZZ Top or the Blues Brothers. Um, and then and then in the remake, there's, there's really neither of them. There's like a, an alien playing a really cool drum set with two really tiny aliens. I'm not sure if yeah. they were supposed to be that small. Yeah, they were really little. Really little. Like I don't know what they were trying to depict. There it was kind of strange, but um, but anyway, that brings us to another difference, which is. Sitting at the bar is is, is more important, I, I think you could say, in the remake. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you either way, you have to sit down and have three beers and, and learn the name. And you get the same amount of points in either version. Okay. Okay. And it, right. You have to you, – and you have to take down – and this is ultimately a copyright puzzle, but you have to take down a, a, a sector – yeah, like you you overhear two guys, and that that part was a little bit weird in the remake because they really yeah. they it was oddly ham fisted the way they were telling you how many drinks to get. He's it like, was because oh. he's like, oh, I think I could use one more. Oh, I'm still kind of a little bit thirsty. And right, it, it, and then he's like, how about yeah. just one more? Like he makes it even known, like, hey, you only want to buy just one more after those mm-hmm. two. And it's like, okay, why are you telling me exactly what to do all of a sudden? You, you know. never tell me what to do. I missed the sector name in the remake and there's no way to find it out again right. that I knew of. So I just had to restore. Ah, bummer. Yeah. If you, if you're not cluing in because, okay. Um, the thing I, I wasn't a huge fan of is the dialogue would keep moving even if I didn't click. So my clicking right. didn't necessarily make a difference in all places, but either way it kept moving forward. And if I looked away or if I did something else, I'd miss really, really super important information which I only know is important because I've played the game before. But if I had never played any version of the game before, I wouldn't even know that I'd missed relevant information. I'd be like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Right, <laughs> right. That is interesting. Oh, you know what? And I'm going to go all the way back to the Macintosh version of the game because it had a really cool feature, which was um, display the last message. Huh. And it's the only time I've ever seen that in an adventure game. Where, where cause in, in AGS, yeah, I, I can't even... As far as I'm aware, I, I, I'm not, I don't think that's possible to, to do. Like, I, I have no idea how that would even be done. Um, and, and in no adventure game could you ever be like, let me see the last thing that was just said again. Um, but just in, in those early Macintosh AGI versions, you could actually call on the last message in case you missed it, which is very cool. It would be, it'd be, it'd be a nice feature for, for any game to have, honestly. Yeah. Um, it must take a ton of memory or something as far as why it's not an option. But yeah. Um, and speaking of memory, cause we're coming up to the slot machine um, in the original version, we'll get this out of the way. Probably one of the, the most well-known fun facts of, of space quest is that you could type in holy shit or holy fuck or holy, any curse word um, mm-hmm. to just immediately skip all the nonsense. That is the, the slot machine in, in only in the original version. Um, because in the, in the remake, as we already kind of touched on, you, you have that, that, that widget thing um, that, that kind of more or less accomplishes the same goal where it, it makes sure that, that you always get the three in a row and you still have to kind of spend a little time with it. But anyway, um, so in, in the AGI games, the, the the synonyms for each word, the word groups, so you could only do, okay, let me try and word this cleaner. There's a lot of times playing AGI games where you're like, God, how didn't they account for that, that version of this word? You know, 
why, why wouldn't they let me say this? And it has to be that. And the answer mm-hmm. is it was actually usually memory. The, the synonyms and, and the amounts of words that you could use in AGI took up a ton of memory, which is super weird. And it just, it goes to show the, the worlds of difference between 1986 and now, like the idea that, that words would take up enough memory to be significant is insane. Um, mm-hmm. So that, so that's kind of uh, in, in one sense, that's, that's why there was a limited use of vocabulary in parser games. It's mm. probably not that they didn't think of it because as right. much as we all like to imagine that humans used to be dumber, they really weren't. <laughs> No, they were not. I assure you. <laughs> right, that's, uh, I'm speaking to the youth. Damn it, the, mm-hmm. youth, the youth always thinks that those the previous generations were stupid. They they were not. Um, it's just there's usually reasons for it, and this would be one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I limitations were a huge part of the quirks and and a lot beh- yeah. of the uh, decisions made behind the games that we liked at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. Exactly. Limitations were behind most of the, the weird little issues when it comes to just lots of things, but, but to the slot machine and to Holy fuck, there, there's basically there's word groups. So mm-hmm. a word group would be like um, specifically for space coast one. Cause I'm looking at it in front of me. Word group 78 is droid droids, robot robots. So those are mm-hmm. the four ways that you could call on something robot like, right. Um, word group 84 is the word group for curse words. Mm-hmm. And there's actually quite a lot in here. There's a lot more in this word group than any other that I can see immediately in front of me. Um, <laughs> which mm-hmm. you, you guys could look at this through using like AGI uh, tools uh, from, what was it, Nailhead, I believe it's called, the, the developer of that. But anyway, there's there's tools out there to look at this stuff. It is a little more tricky with AGI than SCI because SCI has SCI Companion from Phil Fortier, which is a brilliant program, and it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. But anyway, the word group for curse words um, is... Uh, I guess I guess I'm just gonna say all the curse words. It's asshole. Uh, <laughs> I just got very very uh, like coy and shy. I know. Okay, guys. All right. I got you. We're God. good. It's cocksucker. That's the next one. Oh my. And then it, and then it's actually cocksucker again, but it's one word. And then it's dickhead two words. And then it's dickhead one word. And then it's fart, which you know one of these doesn't belong because that's. <laughs> That's just not so bad. Um, then it's fuck, motherfucker, piss, shit, shithead, and shithead, one word. So those, right. are, those are all your curse words. So if you use any of those, any words from word group number 84, after the word holy, you get to skip the slot machine. Wow, we spent a mm-hmm. lot of time on this episode. Uh, <laughs> all things considered, a disproportionate amount of this episode went to that, but we're all done now. It was it was important and had to be said, and I didn't know about it at all. I was, it was slot machines for one. It's the main reason I learned to save scam, save scum from the very days. Not that we ever called it that at the time, <laughs> but that that's the whole thing. And and it really did. I mean, not only did the early Sierra games promote gambling, they insisted on them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. There was. I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. Because Larry and Police Quest had, had the mm-hmm. card games going. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. no getting around it. I guess maybe in King's Quest, but mm-hmm. even Longbow, you had nine men's more as Chief Louise. Yeah, that's it. That's, I mean, it, yes, it's a great game extender. And, you know, that it's just another bit of evidence that the games that we were playing as children were made by adults for adults, essentially. Right, right. Um, all right, so we've... <laughs> By the way, to, to to the listeners, at this point in the episode, it's been about 45 minutes-ish, and that's about how long the entire game takes, if you know mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, yeah. Which is just fun to think we're not even done talking about it, and we've been going for longer than it takes to actually play it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so so okay, you, you, you win at the slot machine. Uh, 
through various methods, mm-hmm. um, one way or another, you're gonna you're gonna get there. We believe in you. <laughs> and then you go outside, and you have to go to Droids R Us first of all. Um, yeah. Which, as Anna knows, my kid is oddly obsessed with Toys R Us, the idea mm-hmm. of Toys R Us, because bless his mm-hmm. heart, he's going to be very disappointed if we ever get to one. It's just a mm-hmm. regular sure ass is. toy store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but to him, it's like a mythical, you know, thing. It's just like, it's, it's like his, his life. It's like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, and it's mm-hmm. White Castle. He's just like, that is, that is his goal right now. Um, so anyway, for him to see like a droid version of Jeffy the Giraffe, yeah, I, I know the giraffe's name. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. To see the droid version of him um, and, and just like the, the colorful way that, the, that it's all written out, just like the logo, man. Again, this, mm-hmm. the remake made a, made a lifelong Space Quest fan out of him. Um, yeah, it, uh, it caught my kid's attention the way that the original did, in the opposite way that the original didn't. Um, right, right. Just, it just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and this this part's really clunky in the remake because you like mm-hmm. you have to you have to give the the, the droid the, the the coupon and then you have to. Oh, I didn't give, like the whole setup for that. Neither, you had to do it you. when the droid was on the screen. Yes, because there's no like when you talk to people in the remake, you're not bringing up like a conversation dialogue tree. You're literally just oh. having the talk of what you can talk with them, which means you can't convey or pass information. All you can see is information that's already laid out, which is why I think I think it would almost have made more sense if you clicked your buckazoids on the screen Definitely. at the time of wanting to buy it rather than on the person a hundred percent that's a great observation i never thought of that there's no dialogue trees that's exactly mm-hmm. why some of these parts were clunky really mm-hmm. really well put yeah and mm-hmm. you're right because i was trying to click it on the screen at first and then yeah. once, and there's too many droids because it takes mm-hmm. forever to get back around to the one that you need there's just like, and they're funny there's the dalek and there's little in jokes and i mean they made it a whole thing in the remake but dude i love that you said dalek because that was the only one that i even recognized as like a thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 way to go we we're, we're nerdy but we're just not quite nerdy enough yeah exactly we're, we're, we're very nerdy considering neither of us are star wars people basically right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure half of those were star wars references i don't know mm-hmm, probably um, <laughs> anyway so you get this droid then you go over to i forgot his name tiny or something um that's right and he's a scumbag because he, he sells you a ship that's that wasn't his to sell but- imagine doing that <laughs> <laughs> right after we just sold our skimmer that wasn't our skimmer um we, yeah we then basically buy something that's that's funny um but it's okay because the guy at least in the remake the guy who 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 owned the ship uh tries to mug you if mm-hmm. if, if you if you let him if you walk around yeah. enough let's say um yeah and there, there's some fun deaths there to save and, and take the wrong ship and 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 actually that that part's pretty clunky too right in the remake as far mm-hmm. as how you how you settle on the ship because you have to like Give them the, again. It's, yeah, it's similar to the droid. We have to give Tiny or whatever the coupon, mm-hmm. and and then click on the ship you want. It's just like it's just a little weird. And and as you really neatly said, it's it's all because there's no dialogue tree. That that was the kind of I guess the best they they could come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, which fair enough. I mean, it, it works enough. And so you yeah. get in the ship. Yeah. What do you got? Oh, I was just to say, yeah, it works enough unless you're not familiar with what you need to do. And then, like I found, right. I was left in just as many, if not more, dead-end and unwinnable situations in the remake than I was playing the original because of the extra things they added in just to kind of mess with you. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, we started to talk about it off-air, 
and then we stopped ourselves because we we're like, we should probably just start the episode if we're going to talk about the our experiences. But what you were saying to me alluded to the fact that there's something kind of gaslighting about playing the remake after the original because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like it's just a totally. little different, but it's usually not. But sometimes it's really different, and it's like a combination of like gaslighting and Mandela effect where you're like, but mm-hmm. wait, I thought it was this way. It's it's definitely and it's like yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mind fuck at, at moments. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit, because it's like, did I did that actually happen? Of course, there's funny things like in the uh, in the original, you can kiss the Sarian guard, and right? You can get a point for it, right? After you get the, but you can't do that in the in the remake. Oh, you get a point for it. That's it. You adorable. do get a point for it. You don't even lose a point. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> wow, that's got to be a hard missing point to find. Like for back yeah, then. you're like, what the hell do I need to do? Damn it! Where's that point? Just a stranger. What do you want from me? Like, that's, that's <laughs> absurd. It's awesome. And it, that's that's a nice highlight of kind of the beauty of parsers, in a sense, yeah. too. Or, or yeah, there's like you can take the second grenade, for example, in the parser, but you can't do it in the remake. There's not enough time, and they don't leave you the ability to. And if you do get the second grenade in the original, you get a point for it. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. now I'm just recalling because there is there is a lick icon. I wonder what mm-hmm. happens if you lick a Sarian. Like, you know, if- I didn't fucking, I didn't even use those icons much at all. And when I played the Leisure Suit Larry remake, I used the zipper all the time. Right. But well, I I messaged you last night right before bed. I'm like, I don't feel ready for this episode, and that's that's the, the basically why I said that was because mm-hmm. in that moment in my head, I'm like, damn, I didn't get to. <laughs> I didn't get to to lick everybody. Me too. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I meant that you know what? There was a lot of generic background comments. Like it wasn't written in that it made me wanted to click to look at everything because a lot of everything was the same comment for all of it, which didn't lead me to believe that they would have had specific dialogue for every single lick. So I think I just didn't because of that. Dude, you're exactly right. Because and that shows me it was a lot more subconscious for both of us than we realized. Because mm-hmm. I, I did try it like two, not enough times to to no, really officially few. declare it. But yeah, like a mm-hmm. few times, and it was like, why would you lick that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh well, that's not very. That's totally generic. It's has nothing. Yeah, that wasn't written for this moment. Like right. as as it was in many other games, it was definitely like. Yeah, they didn't have time for it or something. Like, why are we? Why are we even offering these icons? Well, because there'd be a blank space in the bar if we didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. There was yeah. there was a lot of that. As much as there was extra funny writing, like there was sort of an incompleteness almost to certain aspects of the remake that made me feel that you know maybe something was rushed or or some things were missed or who knows. I mean, there's so much to take into account, but I can see that in it. Right. Well, I've always looked at the the, for example, the lick icon as. Mm-hmm. It, it just un, unruly it's it's insane mm-hmm. it's too much it's too much to put on even a team of writers like it's just well, it's clearly much. useless what did i even you did you even need to lick anything i didn't have to yeah, lick anything right. to solve a single puzzle in the game i mean maybe it had some creative death sequences maybe i should have licked the sticky plant and licked the lasers maybe i should have licked all the things that could kill me right right but at the same time you know that you're not going to get a lick related death scene it's just going right. to be like you'll fall through the lasers like mm-hmm. you know the, there's going to be one death animation for the lasers probably whether you lick yeah. it or touch it I had to slip in a probably there because I'm not positive. But yeah, I think we kind of are, we we know without knowing. But yeah, it's it's an unrealistic amount of work to really put on anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. You can see with the remake, it's like, okay, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and just do generic comments for these ones. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Anyway, we're we're almost at the end of the game here, everybody. Don't, 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 Don't tune out yet or whatever. 
We got to leave Corona because now we have the right spaceship and we got our droid. Our droid is going to pilot it. You have all of those and nothing got stolen and you got everything you needed to get. Then you can be uh, aboard the Deltar next. That's where you're going to go to. If you go to the right sector and you see a ship and you decide to check it out. Right. Yes, exactly. And this is where you need the code that you heard at the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can enter it in and... The, uh, the only really notes I have on this whole section is I really, really don't like the spaceship designs in the remake. I, 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 mm-hmm. I kind of hate them. I, I don't like, because it, it, I think it does a disservice to the game as a whole. Cause it, it, it's like, it's almost a bad look for the game, especially mm-hmm. considering it starts like one of the opening scenes is of the spaceships. And it's like this giant, like roasted Turkey of a spaceship mm-hmm. for some reason. And then the Sarian ship is like a giant gra- um, praying mantis or some sort of, you know, garden variety insect <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it's just i don't know it's just it's too much it's too silly it's too like it's not it's not funny and and it's over the top it's just way way over the top where it's just like what what are we doing here why is the spaceship a, a, a roasted you know mm-hmm. chicken it's just it's just weird like i don't and that's why i say it, i feel like it, it it almost sets this tone for the game is going to be like that bonkers mm-hmm. would be an appropriate word for it and it's not like the games, the games actually, it's really good. It's not, it's not as like wacky or like ridiculous, I guess you could say as, as like a giant cricket spaceship or a giant Turkey spaceship. Um, anyway, I just, I don't like, I don't like the spaceships basically to make up for it though. They threw in that fun, um, in joke after you, you can kiss the guard, you can talk to the guard and you can also a- answer about a King's quest question. You know, have you ever played King's quest three? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Very cool. And you get a point for uh, that in the original. You have to ask the guard or say yes to the King's Quest question in the original, but there's nothing about it in the remake. You can't have the dialogue like that. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, all right, yeah. So you get, you get on the ship. A lot of the, the ship aspect is quite similar. It's not identical, mm-hmm. but it's pretty similar. Yeah, like you don't have to figure out to kick the grate in the remake. In the, in the original, you have to understand that although you can't remove the grate, there is nowhere else you can go, and you're going to have to problem solve how to get it out of there. Eventually, you figure out you have to kick it. It's a bit of a process. But if you're playing the remake, you just like grab the grate, and it just you're like, oh, I better kick it, and you kick it out. Right, right. And then, um, let's see, let me get my facts straight real quick. And, and I think it's in the original you can get in, like, so there's a box that you push, uh, um, a, what am I sure, what's the word, like a, like a chest that you, a that chest. you push up against the wall and you use yeah. that to stand on to get into the ventilation system. But in the original, and I'm hesitating to make sure it's not the remake, yes, in the original you can get in the, the chest and let them just okay. carry you. Okay. In, you can, um, well, yeah, you can hide it. It's an alternate solution, and it's actually in both versions. It is in both. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay, thank you. But it um, is considered the alternate solution, not the standard solution. Right, and that is nice because this is this mm-hmm. is um, this is early days for alternate solutions, and there was quite a mm-hmm. few. I mean, okay, maybe that's a bit much, but there, there's a couple alternate solutions that we covered: the Orat yeah. one with the spider, Killing the dried, and the Orat. That, those are pretty much the main two. <laughs> okay, there's yeah. two of them, but listen. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that is the technical couple mm-hmm. of them. So yeah, we're still good. Um, okay. So anyway, you, uh, this is where you go into the, the washing machine and you comically come out wearing the, the Sarian <laughs> uniform, which is all well played. Like I like that. That's, and again, back to, back to the, the early notion of the, the original being more of a sci-fi game with comedic elements. That that's, that's another way that this fits in where it's like the game is pretty serious. 
pretty intense. And then just something kind of goofy like that, you know, happenstance happens. Um, mm -hmm. And it's adorable and it kind of fits and everything like that. So, yeah, it was cute. And then you get to be a Sarian. So, you, so they're not so scary because you're one of them for a little while. Right. And I love that he's like a high ranking Sarian uniform. Mm -hmm. So like Roger gets a, a small taste of respect of what, like, what it's like to be respected and saluted. And um, he gets a weapon, a real weapon that he gets. And because he has his ID card and um, he also can steal some grenades, which are pretty important. And very stressful in the remake. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I kept dying. I kept trying yeah. to go so fast. Yeah, I kept trying to go as quick as possible, and, and but you, you have to wait till the to the droid is all the way in the door, or else it yeah. shoots you. And it was just, yeah, I had a really hard time with that. It was, it was, it was kind of stressing me out, mm -hmm. um, but in a good way because slow that means motion, I felt though, right? That that was why I kept not getting stressed out because I kept moving all of the action sequences to slow. Ah, damn it! Right, I did not. I probably had mine cranked all the way up from the acid thing way earlier in the game <laughs> and never turned it down. <laughs> Um, but it, but it, on a plus side, the fact that I was getting stressed out only goes to show that I was like immersed and in, like part of, you know, and it was a part of the experience being stressed out is. Yeah. is there were so many Sarians to shoot in the remake compared to the original too. I'm just like, oh my God, would you guys please go away right. after you, cause you comically lose your helmet after you comically gain your outfit. Cause you trip and then like a cleaning bot sweeps it up off the floor. <laughs> right. So I see. I really like that. And, and actually it's uh, great. <laughs> I got to go way back to um, to Corona. This is only in the remake, but when you're you're trying to get away from the spider droid, uh, every now and then Roger will trip over his own foot and fall mm -hmm. and then die. And I, I heard that taking getting getting some some probably well deserved <laughs> shit for that on like other reviews and stuff. But I I really liked it because it's just it's very Roger Wilco to me. Mm -hmm. Like, like just mm -hmm. the clumsiness of tripping over your own foot. Like you are a janitor, like no offense to janitors. Like they, they keep the world moving. That's, that's for damn sure. But it's like, at least we forget. We're not like a heroic protagonist. We're supposed to be like, you know, a janitor who sleeps on the job. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's just, it's fitting for Roger Wilco to trip over his own foot. as like, mm -hmm. I very well might in a similar situation like we're you know we weren't trained for these sort of things like wearing a spacesuit with a giant glass you know goldfish helmet or whatever and it's just i really i don't know it's, it's as frustrating as it was to trip and fall and have to restore i really actually appreciated the the clumsiness of roger because it, it just it fit it fits his character it was perfect yeah no it really was and and essentially the rest of the game from here on in is the same in both versions you only get points when you kill the first of the Sarians, and then if you need to kill a bunch more that's fine but you don't keep getting points for them and uh it, it happens really quick all of a sudden you, you've turned off a force field and you've set up a self-destruct code and you escape in a pod it's over that's like all of a sudden it's over. Right. That does happen quick. And real quick to disable the star generator, um, you use the last four digits of Sarah's telephone number. Which is, yeah, which is such a funny little thing, isn't it? Right. Love that. <laughs> Absolutely love that. But yeah, you're right. It ends, it ends suddenly in the sense that like when we uh, clicked on the escape pod, this would be obviously the BJ for clicking on it. Um, yeah. You, I don't know. I, you don't expect that to be the last thing you'll do. No, but it is not at all. You realize, and then, okay, so you can get 201 points in the VGA, but the original is 202 points. Oh, cool. wait, what was the VGA number? Um, 202. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Oh, one more you, point. So if, yeah, that's it. If you don't, if you don't set the, um, if you don't set it to self, if you don't set the star generator to self-destruct, mm -hmm. um, then 
your planet, uh, what is it, Xenon? Yeah, it gets blown mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and you lose 10, you, you don't gain 10 points because entering the self-destruct code gives you 10 points. So kind of a big deal. Right, right. Um, yeah, okay. So, and so that brings us to the, to the end. Like if you, if you again, we kind of went over the two endings thing. So if you, if you took the, the, the key card back, the, the whatever card back, it's not a key card, I guess. But the data card. Data card, yeah. Yeah, if you took that back, you get the good ending. You have to set it to self-destruct. Oh, in the EGA version, so so in the VGA version, if you don't set it to self-destruct, then you're you're in the escape pod. You're approaching your home planet, um, which I've lost confidence in the name of. <laughs> I think it's Xenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see Xenon get destroyed by a giant green laser beam. Which mm-hmm. is, it's a cool little animation. Just that that whole scene, the framing of that scene is very retro futuristic. It's just like just even the the color palette of the galaxy is just it mm-hmm. all just fits this 1950s version of the future. It's very cool. I really really like that art style. Um, mm. But anyway, in the EGA in the original version, if you don't set it to self destruct, then you can't finish the game because mm-hmm. the elevator that you need to take to the escape pod is locked. Right. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's much, much more rigid, you know, that polarizing way. you can or can't kind of situation. So I, I do like the, in, in a sense, like the, the remake better with that one when it comes to, to you know, to, I don't know. It's, it's it's less adventure gamer to just be like lock you out of it where it's like mm-hmm. oh, you actually get a little animation, quite a beautiful animation of your planet blowing up from a laser beam and stuff. So that's mm-hmm. cool too. I like, okay, so at the very, very end of the game, after the credits in the remake, you get a, what would normally be a death scene with a restore, restart, or quit. And it says, thank you for playing Space Quest 1. As usual, you've been most entertaining. Now, what I think is interesting is in the remake, it really gives you the idea that you are being watched and the designers of the game are over your shoulder laughing at the mistakes you're making and how silly everything's going. And, and the two guys from Andromeda narrating some of the deaths reinforces that. You've kind yeah. of got this like person over your shoulder maybe it's you know the spirit of gary owens right or something right. And he's there and he's he's judging you harshly on everything you're doing and and you're doing all this stupid stuff and they're all laughing virtually at you and it's kind of neat that it's like i don't know brings it home kind of makes it real it really does and yeah it lays the the, the kind of bedrock for space quest four five and six i believe all having mm-hmm. narration yeah where yeah, yeah it kind of just gets gets more and more and more heavy handed with the narration in a good way, and I don't mm-hmm. know about you, I think I already know the answer, but I read I read everything to my kid as Gary in the best Gary Owens that I oh could of course do. obviously, <laughs> um, which is pretty laughable considering you hear what I sound like people I do not sound like Gary Owens, but you know it's the tone of sarcasm you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, that that space coast uh, space coast like delivery you gotta. So mm-hmm. It's in the delivery, but anyway, I, I it's really I, I've got a bunch of nonsense notes for for after the story. But just while we're on the ending, the last thing I'll really mention um, in order of or regarding the story is is in the remake. I I, I don't remember because it's, it's been a few days, but I don't I don't remember if the original has it. I'm pretty sure it does not. But in the remake, it's like you did you you saved the day, you, you brought back the thing, and you got the girl. Mm-hmm. And I read it to my kid and I just kind of made a joke. And I was just like, what girl? And then the very next line is mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, there was no girl or something yeah. like that. And it was just, it was, that was like the big, for, that was like an actual laugh out loud moment. Oh my me, God. That was really funny. The exact same thing happened here. Cause Mike, I'm sitting there with the kid and I'm like, what girl? And he's like, what girl? Right, it yeah, was dude. so perfect. 
They must have, the way they slipped it in was perfect then because it yeah. just it worked exactly how they intended. If, if we both did the exact same thing yeah. and then they're just like, oh, wait a minute, there was no girl. Because you know what it is too? There's a there's like a, a, a very like scantily clad, like sexy green alien girl on the screen mm-hmm. in that moment. So it's like, I don't, the brain almost starts to like make sense of it. We're like, oh, well, there's the girl you get. And then it's just like, wait a minute though. We didn't, we didn't save a girl. <laughs> it just worked, worked so good. It was so funny. No, it was funny. I'm just looking through the messages I was sending you last night about the game and I was having issues with it, right? And I'm like, I'm playing it now. I'm still at the slot machines taking forever. And then about like I gave that to you at 928. And then at 941, I figured out about attaching the widget so I could win because I'd already been working on that stupid slot machine since like nine o'clock in the remake. And then I just sent you a never mind. I'm clearly not doing well at relating the two games together because this one seems so different but it's also the same right there's <laughs> that gaslighting yeah. <laughs> so much so because i'm sitting there going i feel so stupid of course it's the widget then i'm like wait there was no widget because i just played the original <laughs> right and i'm like hang on i'm trying to convince myself it really happened like i can see that would happen in, in witness protection or in in programs where the police are interviewing you and they're like are you sure you didn't see him wearing a blue shirt and i'm like shit Maybe he Didn't was I, wearing yeah. a blue shirt, blue shirt. I'm pretty, yeah, no, no. It's totally, meanwhile, he was like wearing no shirt. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> It's the get the girl thing. Like, are you sure you didn't get the girl? Like, I, well, I guess I did. I, yeah, I, it's totally amazing. I feel to heroic. <laughs> yeah. The, where is she anyways? I just, uh, <laughs> shit. But no, you know what? It's a great game. I don't know if I could say, like, if somebody came up to me and say, hey, I really want to play a Sierra game with my kid. It's the first one I want to play and I want to make a good impression. Should I play which version of the Space Quest game should I play of the first ones? I'd probably say I'm not sure if that's where you should start. (laughs) Maybe, but they're so unforgiving for the things that you miss that I feel as a novice, they would be more frustrating than anything, either of them. That's a good point. Yeah, because it's re- first of all, it's just really a shame that they didn't fix the dead ends in the remake. Mm-mm. That that's, that that should have absolutely been been handled. And granted, mm-hmm. it's it's just God the re- the remake. It feels like it was made a decade after the original. Like when mm-hmm. you when you go from from the the super chunky AGI limited palette text parser to to you know just glorious VGA with 256 colors and point and click interface and it really it feels like it was made like a decade later and 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 it was it was not it was you know it's it's very early 90s as we as we already covered it was 1990 something um probably one and mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah so i guess my point is that it wasn't it really it even the remake was was pretty damn old it it's still they still hadn't really ironed out a lot of those i almost feel like like 93 94 like getting into like the the gabriel knight uh era of of things i hesitate cuz that was a weird framing of it but regardless it's my point is sorry my point is, is that they they didn't have a lot of the stuff really worked out even by the time the remake was made and and truly really the remake was not that much older than the original um, so yeah, to your point, it's nice that you can skip the arcade sequence, but the spider droid would be a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, we already mentioned the dead ends. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It would. They're not going to use like walkthrough or anything like that. It, yeah, it, it probably would be a tough, a tough one. But at the same time, I have like this just amazing experience that that we, that my kid and I had playing it last night in mm-hmm. mine too, where it's like God, it was such a 
kind of perfect experience, but, but that right. has, there's a lot behind that, right? Where it's like, <laughs> I, I know the game really well and he's been indoctrinated on Sierra stuff and a lot, a lot kind of culminated. Hey, I said, I'd say that during this episode. I well think. done. Sweet. I forgot halfway through. I'm like, what was that word? I was going to say a lot. No, <laughs> you're, you're subconscious new. Ooh, ooh, oh, the trilogy. Um, that's the first one that came out the collection. You were correct. Actually at the beginning, it was EGA or VGA, um, space quest one, two, and three framed as being $169 worth of games for $49.95 on yeah. 5.25 or 3.5 inch discs. That was the first collection. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Ooh. And while you were Ooh. saying that I was able to quickly Google when this actually came out as, as much fun as I'm having with the running joke would be generous but regardless it was 91 mm -hmm. so it was 91 lovely well then we were correct all along oh oh hey we got to get this on air did you know that it would be really fun to do a comparison episode between quest for glory one ega and vga um yeah yeah Duh. right so <laughs> and, and honestly we probably should do that one next because we're going to mm -hmm. be doing king's quest six soon and be nice to space out the King's Quest comparison from the King's Quest Six episode. Oh yeah, dude, that's a great idea. I'll put it in the calendar. Okay. Yeah. No, you should. You should. Plus, doing that'll <laughs> you know that'll make me do what I have to do, which is you know go ahead and play them both. Mm -hmm. um, and and what we should do too, while while we're committing ourselves to things uh, live on an episode, as if to <laughs> make it more you know, <laughs> to add to yeah, add to the legitimacy of of. Uh, sort of obligation uh we should we should carry on a little bit with the comparison thing yeah. in into some of like the infamous quests in agd remakes because it'd be fun to mm -hmm. it'd be fun to play uh, space quest 2 and and then play the, yes. the various the two different i think remakes of of it from from yes. iq and agd um, yes oh could, i love that we yes could do please. the same thing with you know king's quest uh three both of those remakes um quest for glory 2 both right, of those remakes quest for glory two. <laughs> uh there's space quest for glory that, that iq did that, that might be actually kind of fun. i'm not sure that's like actually a there's game, the the fan game universe for space quest is big there's prequels and and games that happened during the game and post games and in between games like there are so many fan games and right right within that whole graphical era they some of them fit right in and are done with a lot of care right two of them in particular and i think i'll refrain from naming them because i'm not sure and i don't want to Mm -hmm, do anybody disservice, but there's two Space Quest games that are really quite revered as far as mm -hmm. like just being really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, just on that enclosure level of of yeah, yeah, of fan mm -hmm. game where it's like, man, this is this is pretty pretty quality stuff here. Um so yeah, we should continue it on. Cause I mean also we're we're we've done two hundred some episodes um and we're not we're not a big it's it seems like I was looking around the other podcasts and a lot of them just really lean on interviews. And we've never mm -hmm. been a big interview one. Because I was kind of wondering, like, what do other podcasts do when they're at 200 episodes and running out of shit to talk about? And it's like, <laughs> well, they just they just keep interviewing people, and that's that's never really been our our motivation. Let's say, while mm -hmm. we do do it and we do enjoy it when we do it, it's not enough to be like, you know, we don't want to do it every every episode, basically. So no, we really actually take the thought and time, and because we we do we have a couple of interview episodes coming up, but we try because we're only doing an episode every other week, and you know 
we can only do so many. Otherwise, if, if we did one interview a month, which we kind of have been doing, that's like 50% of our episodes. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we have a lot of fun just doing weird topics like environments or comparisons. So anyway, all that being said is, is since we are wanting for, for some fresh ideas before we just start redoing really old episodes, which would be fun too, because there's a lot of topics that, that, for example, maybe you weren't on the show yet, or I mm -hmm. don't even remember doing because, you know, it was more than a month ago. Um, but it might be fun to do some of these, some more comparisons or some more of the fan game stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there and we're just happy we've glommed on to something we want to talk about because it's, right. like, <laughs> it's so hard to come up with subjects sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially if we've we've turned to like AI and been like, hey, what do we talk about? And it'll give us like 30 things and we've done all of them. Yeah, we're all like, this sucks. That was no help at all. Yeah, like, why don't you talk yeah, about exactly. graphics? Talk about detective games. Talk about, it's just like, check, 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 yeah. check, check. Um, it's got this like impersonalness to it too. It's like this serious tone that just... I don't know. It, it can't capture the Paul and Anna vibe. Well, a big problem with it too, is that it's always trying to suggest that we talk about a specific things impact on the culture. Like, mm -hmm. what are you talking All about? The time. Impact it's on like, the culture. Dude, like, what do, I don't what even do you know. Mean? What does a conversation like that even sound like? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even have a jokey answer. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, well, hold on. Cause we're, I know we're getting ready to wrap, but I just want to say there, there is a debug mode that you can do in the original, um, mm -hmm. I just glanced down at this note. That's why I'm just like abrasively changing gears real quick. Um, you, uh, if, if you guys want to mess around with it, because again, assuming a lot of our listeners have, have played this a lot of times um, and just another way to like, you know, extract more fun from it, from something you've already done a few times would be to mess around with the debug codes. Um, mm -hmm. So assuming it's the DOS version, um, you press alt D. I don't know if this works in Scum. It probably does. Mm -hmm. um, but you press Alt-D. The trick is you have to do it in each screen. So every time you leave a room, you'd have to do it again. Um, and then there's just a ton of debug codes. Um, check out the cutting room floor. I think it's mm -hmm. tcrf.org. Or just search the cutting room floor. Throw in a Sierra keyword. And mm -hmm. it'll give you all the debug codes that you can have fun with. Um, things like like uh, Be Alien um, will put you in a Sarian disguise. Um, it doesn't, you'll still get like shot if you walk in front of a Sarian wearing it. Cause they, you know, it's not mm -hmm. how programming works. Like you could say, it's not like, you know, the MPC Sarians are like, he looks like one of us. Do not shoot. It's like, you're still Roger, but, but there's just, you know, little fun things you can do. Um, there's one of them where you can get, um, give yourself object number 23, which is pocket lint. Um, mm -hmm. and this, this, I got this, uh, thank you to, to trolls, space, 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 space quest historian. Um, but it's, it's a fun little fact in the sense of like he went down a little rabbit hole as far as like why uh, why is there this pocket lint? Like when you look at it, it shows like this this weird – it looks like it's trolling you. It shows like an applause sign. No pun intended <laughs> back there. Um, it shows an applause sign. And it's just like what is what is going on with this lint? You don't need it anywhere in the game. You have to give it to yourself to get it. Uh, if you give it to yourself and then look at it, it gives you an applause sign. Um, and it turns out it was the very first thing that Scott Murphy – uh, the very first inventory object that Scott Murphy ever programmed. Mm -hmm. um, and it was basically him just kind of testing the system out to, to see what would happen and, you know, just, just feeling the whole thing out, which, which I just, I don't know, it was, it was relatable and kind of cool and just ne neat to know, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, as far as deeply nerdy cuts is concerned. And that's it. So let's end on uh, a final analysis of the comparison. Like how, how do you feel about the comparison itself? Or sorry, the, the remake itself. 
I'm glad I played it. I I'm glad it was it was whimsical. It was funny. It was fun, and it engaged my 13 year old in the way that the original didn't. So I liked it for its timelessness. I feel that the original is wonderful in its nostalgia, but doesn't really hold its own so much in the modern day compared to the remake. Right. Right. Well put. Yeah, it shares the same sentiment. It, it's mm-hmm. it's um. I guess I would say, I think we end up with these kind of, we, we, we've, we categorize things uh, based on assumptions and, and, and lore and, and what the community says. And I think that, that I'm learning through going through these remakes that, that we, tend, we, we tend to categorize the remakes as throwaway. As, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't sell well at the time. They didn't age well. Nobody, they were, nobody asked for them. Um, and, and all that is a fact, <laughs> it is. but it's, it, there's still really fun Sierra games that had a lot of thought and care going into them. Yeah. Okay. The remake something we didn't mention is that the remake is like despised by the two guys. They, mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't have anything to do with it. I think a lot of the reason they don't like it is bitterness that they weren't approached, um, to have anything to do with it or, or even to sign off on it, which dude, fair enough. Like this is their baby in a sense. And and for them to not be brought in on decision-making or to at least give it their blessing is, is atrocious. It's unacceptable mm-hmm. and it's not cool. Um, but all that aside, it doesn't mean that you have to not like it because of that fact. Right. And, and those are the kind of things that take over like a Facebook community or, or whatever, where you start, you just hear things like that and you end up putting the remakes. Uh, maybe I should just speak for myself, but you, you know, you hear things like that and you put the remakes in this little box of, of eh, no need. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't bother. It's, it's, it's the original's better, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not here to say that the remake is better than the original. Cause there's, it's more complicated than that, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to nostalgia. Um, but I will say that that if you haven't played it and you've played tons of Sierra games, dude, there's there's like a shiny new Sierra game you haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. Like, go go play it. Like please go play it. I'm I'm not yeah. going to say that you're going to like it more than the original. And honestly, the more you separate it from the original, the better. And just try and look at it as its own experience. Look at it as a fan game if that's how you need to frame it to yourself to stomach it. But it's like we're like we're all we're all of a certain age <laughs> we're all um if you're listening to this podcast like you know you you really really know all these classic adventure games really well so if you find yourself in a position to play one you haven't ever played before like they're not making new ones right so it's, <laughs> you might as well check it out um because it's it's cool and it's it feels like a sierra game and, and for better and worse Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that, what the remakes have taught me is that they, they should not be disregarded based on hearsay and, and assumptions and things like that, because there's there's a lot of love and care that go into them, and they're a lot of fun. And artistically, uh, the artistic direction of this one in particular is is it's just fun to look at. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Police Quest remake, I said the opposite of that one. That one was not a good time to look at. That that game was was really really good in almost every other aspect. But it was a little tough on the eyes, whereas this one is, is gorgeous. It's so much fun to look at. If you like, you know, Iron Giant, for example, then, mm-hmm. then you'd have you'd have just a good time looking at this game in general. So yeah, I agree. Get out there and play it. It's worth it. And I mean, use a walkthrough. I don't care. Do whatever you need to do. I still enjoy the series, no matter how I do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so on that note, uh, I am going to take a, just a minute to say thank you to our Patreons. 
people who are going strong out there. Uh, really appreciate all of you. So I'm hitting you guys up first before going into all the other riffraff. Because <laughs> I, I want to say, because I've been working kind of hard at trying to figure out how to pronounce people's names, you see. Because <laughs> I did pretty terribly the last time. So I just want to say thanks to Michael. Huh? That's pretty good. Michael Council. I think that was yeah, all right. Okay. Jay Holmes. I feel confident about that. By the way, Michael, you're in Australia, which means it costs you technically a, a little bit more if you look at on paper to be in that tier. So I, I really do appreciate uh, the contribution. Uh, Brian Manown, who's I'm Canadian to an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> just thanks. Because, yeah, my money is like that, too. But, uh, you know, give or take a little bit more. And Brian, Death Defiant, does music stuff. Really, really cool person and out there on the social media is covering for us sometimes online <laughs> right yeah. it's it's all good stuff uh okay now Yirolamo Castaldo 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 just roll That's, your tongue is... and say it with confidence it doesn't matter how the rest comes out you know? Yirolamo <laughs> All right, never hey. mind. That was, that was <laughs> no, terrible advice. I didn't roll the R's, though. <laughs> you know, my mom can't roll R's, and she said when I was a kid, I'll pay you 20 bucks. We were camping one time. I was like eight. She's like, you teach me to roll my R's. I'll give you it. And, you know, I still haven't gotten that 20 bucks yet. I'm a terrible wow. teacher, clearly. Um, also, Mark Fillin, who does great uh, games. Uh, Fillion? I think it's Fillion. It is, but for some reason, it's Philin now in front of me on this. No, F I L L O N. You're like it was. Is that too? It was Philin, no. but now it's Philin. It's now Philin. It really F I L L O N. It's right there in front of me. Oh, well, is that a different mark then? Is that Hakuna Marktada? I don't know. But Mark Philin is whoever you are. I appreciate it. Feel free to write and and explain to me. Anything I need to know. Um, also, Tim Ellis, you also rock. So you're welcome, guys. I, I tried really hard to get the, the names going this time. <laughs> I don't think it, it deserves you to say thank you to me. I take back my you're welcome. I'm, I'm so sorry about that. But anyways, outside of that, hey, why don't you come look for us online? Uh, we are on Twitter at CGG Podcast. Uh, also, Paul is out there at uh, Phantom Fellows. And that also is Phantom Fellows, as in The Phantom Fellows, the game that he's currently making. So that's pretty cool. You can check that out. Uh, and uh, email us, classicgamersguild.com. You can look for us on Facebook. We're a page. We're a group, Classic Gamers Guild. We're also on Instagram and on YouTube under the same name. So don't, don't do murder. Mm -hmm.